Hello and welcome back to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One, the podcast where we talk about your freelance problems one episode at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Katie Carlisle, and I've been freelance since 2013, running my own Squarespace web design and training business. And I'm Michelle Pratt, your other co-host, and I run my training and coaching business, Dive Deep Development, and I've been freelance for about five years now. And in today's podcast episode, we're going to be talking about the problem of giving back. So if you're a small business or a freelancer, you might feel like you don't have much capacity to give back. So you might feel like you don't earn enough money to be able to kind of financially donate money or kind of, you know, pay pay back into the wider world. But you might also feel like you don't have much time available to do that either. So we're going to have a look today at the ways that you can give back that also helps you and really look at the joys of volunteering as well. Um, so Michelle, usually we are kind of against offering services for free. I know so, we normally hear like, don't, don't, <laughs> don't give your time away, don't do it for free, yeah. So I guess, where what are we talking about when we're talking about giving time back and volunteering your time? Yeah, it can take on a number of different forms, can't it? So it means different things to different people. But for me, giving back can take whatever form you want. As you say, it could be money or it could be fundraising, but quite often it's just your time or even, it doesn't even have to be a regular commitment of time. I just think that as freelancers, we have skills that a lot of, of organisations in the community would be crying out for. They quite often can't access them, access them themselves. So as freelancers, this is something we can offer. And by doing that, not only does it help the organisation, but it can help you as well, which is something we'll discuss today today uh what about you because i know you give i volunteer in quite a traditional sense i know you do it slightly different you've done different ways of yeah doing i mean i've pretty much volunteered for most of my career um in one way or another um either through formal volunteer roles or kind of informally by just kind of helping out with networks every so often and stuff and i mean in some ways freelance folk which is the freelance community i run is actually voluntary because I definitely don't make any money on it. Yeah. So in some ways it's kind of, you know, it, help, it helps to raise the profile of my business a bit. And that's one of the things we'll be talking about is actually the benefits of volunteering from a business perspective. Um, but yeah, I, I've always enjoyed volunteering. And I think you mentioned how as freelancers, we all have a lot of skills that we can, that other people would benefit from. But I think it's also a really nice way if you're freelance and you've you know most of us aren't just good at one thing so maybe you've gone into freelancing under the area of one thing that you're good at or skilled at or enjoy but you've probably got other skills as well and sometimes i think if you're freelance you can spend so much time focusing on just the skill that is important to your business and neglecting those other skills that you're actually still you know you're, you're good at or you enjoy or whatever so I think actually volunteering is also an opportunity for you to kind of keep up those other skills, keep them nurtured, keep them topped up, because you never know when you might want to do more with them. And so actually it's a good way of balancing out your skills as well, I'd say. Yeah, and you don't always get a chance to uh, showcase your full repertoire. Exactly. And, exactly. and uh, giving back is another way that you can do that, definitely. So if you've got skills and you're a bit time poor, like why, why should you volunteer? Yeah, I mean, the first one for me is that I think it's got to be something you enjoy, and I genuinely enjoy it. Um, 
I, I mean, I said this to you before, I've written a blog on this, is that I think there are activities that either energise you or drain you. I think they fall into one or two categories. And if you're doing something that you really, really enjoy, you're really passionate about, also it comes naturally to you and you're good at it, I think that's when you are, you're in the zone and you're doing something that, that's really, really enjoyable. And it's also, of course, inherently rewarding just to see the things that you do or what you can offer people make a real difference to people's lives or to your community. So the number one reason why I think you should do it is because it is a lot of fun and you meet some great people and, and, and you should enjoy it above all else. Definitely. And I think one of the things that we'll talk about a little bit later in this episode is what to do if it stops being fun and actually how, yes. if you are volunteering, you know, not not feeling like you're now committed to that for all eternity. <laughs> I sometimes I think, think yeah. it's harder to leave a voluntary role than it is to leave a paid job. Yes, it was more transactional a yeah. paid job, isn't it? And yeah, it is. So we'll talk hard. about how to, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the episode. But I definitely think that even, I wouldn't even necessarily say fun, but like, yeah, in, enjoyable or, or, or engaging feel, exactly, can be that way. Or, yeah. you know, you feel better after you've done it than beforehand. You know, a bit a bit like exercise and things where like, I mean, I don't always experience this with exercise, to be fair. But like, I was interested to hear you come up with that example, yeah. <laughs> but, but for most people, from what I gather, <laughs> you know, even if they're kind of like dreading it a little bit in advance and then it's not necessarily something that they kind of, think that they want to do afterwards they're really glad that they've done it so I think with anything with any commitments you can sometimes get a little bit kind of like oh I oh, wish I hadn't agreed to do that but then afterwards you're like oh I'm so glad I did that um so I think that's that can be the case as well with volunteer. and if you feel like that it doesn't mean that it's not right for you yeah I, I mean there are times when it, you, you think we, we said this didn't we if you haven't got a lot of time if you haven't got a lot of money you don't feel there's much to give can you afford to give it and you might find yourself thinking um, oh, I could really be doing without this or I need to be working on my business how am I spending time doing something else but it's definitely I say if you get it right and we'll talk about how to make sure you get it right as well then it's definitely um, its own reward as well I mean Katie if you I, I'll give you an example of a couple of things that I do so I volunteer with Albert Kennedy Trust if you follow me on social media you'll probably see I tweet a lot of stuff from them but the, the reason why I got into... And what do they do for so, people that aren't aware of the organisation? Oh, thank you. Good plug for the charity. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a charity that helps um, young people that are made homeless or at threat of homelessness between the ages of 16 and 25 on account of being LGBT or LGBTQ+, um, or lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, for those of you who don't know the ac acronym. And um, the way I volunteer there is that I do, I do a number of different things, actually. To start off with, my main role is I'm, I'm a mentor so just for an hour or so a week I, I sit down with a young person who wants someone to talk to and wants mentoring it could be anything quite practical or it could be something like uh, big like their, their identity as well and the reason why I got into that in the first place was a, a whole number of things and it just met a whole whole host of, of needs for me but I moved to Manchester um, about 11 12 years ago and I got a job and I was commuting up from Stockport to Manchester so I'd travel in in the day Lots of lovely work colleagues, really nice people, but of course everyone's keen to get home, so everybody just try, um, commutes back out again, and, and we didn't know anyone in the area, so I felt like quite a morbid thought. I thought, what, what if Bex and I dropped dead? Like, <laughs> no one would know for weeks on end, and our parents might enjoy get hold of us, but no, no, we didn't see anyone regularly or feel part of something where people would go, oh, Michelle and Becky aren't around today. So, um, really random morbid thought, <laughs> not normally how I think, but... Um, so that's why to volunteer, people. <laughs> so you don't, you know, you're missed if you're gone. Yeah. No, 
but I generally just didn't feel part of any. I felt like the, this contact thing. I was just trying, just going in and out every day. So I wanted to to find some something that I could be part of. And I realised that I used to be play football, so I used to be always be a part of a community group. And I just hadn't appreciated how much I missed it. So I wanted to be, to to belong and be part of something bigger than myself outside of work. But the other thing it, it did as well, I, I started to think, well, look, I've I want to practice my skills. I want to flex my my skills and my knowledge but I want to do it in a different area and there must be an organization out there that would love to use my skills for something and I I just set about asking around and and asking my colleagues was there anything that they'd heard of so I looked at the Prince's Trust but that wasn't really my cup of tea I looked at Stonewall but uh, you didn't really get to work face to face with people and that's what I wanted so it ended up doing a number of things one I got to feel part of something bigger I got to I wanted to feel part of the community in Manchester and I'd lived there all that time and hadn't really felt part of it but then I also got to use my skills for people who desperately want them and I got to I got to flex my skills in a different environment and you know what I I just learned so much I really really did stretch myself by just applying those skills to a completely different audience with completely different needs. And therefore I got better at what I did as well. It was a great opportunity to practice. And it sounds like as well, one of the reasons it's worked out well is because you were actually quite clear beforehand on what you were wanting to do. I didn't know what that opportunity looked like, but I knew why I wanted to do it. And I think, yeah, I knew therefore what the purpose was or what my values about it were. And therefore when the, when someone mentioned it, it was like, yes, that one, that's the one, but it's, it's amazing. It's not just, you know, oh, it looks good. I actually really enjoy what I do. And I just learn so much. And you've then kept that going whilst you've gone freelance as well. I have as well. And now I do, I train their mentors. So I run training sessions for them. So Uh, maybe two or three Saturdays a year I'll go and run a day's mental training I've done some other training for them as well actually in evenings for for both volunteers and young people and has there ever been been a point when you've been freelancing and you've you felt kind of like oh no this is a bit this is you know this is kind of having an impact on my freelancing work or has it been a, a is it continued to be a benefit? It's it's always a benefit. And, and the thing is, there are times for sure when you're really, really busy or you're just tired or you think, I really, should I be prioritising other things? I've got work to do. And bear in mind that I this takes up maybe with travel as well, maybe at least two to three hours of my week every single week. Because once you commit to working with a young person, you can't just bail on them. Um, and even when I've gone through lean times, through busy times, and you're thinking, should I be doing something else? I've always, always stuck to it and committed it, even when it feels like I, um, I haven't got the energy or something to give. I've always done it. And I, like you say, Katie, afterwards, I'm always really glad that I have. Um, and it's been really good. I, I mean, I, I work with a young guy who is in a very, very difficult place. And I was at a time when I felt quite stuck with my business. And this young guy had bigger problems than me, yet his attitude his whole outlook on life was so positive, his determination. I was really inspired by him. And I'm thinking, what the hell am I complaining about? <laughs> so uh, it still is helping, not only is it making you feel good, it's actually helping you shift your perspective on your business as well. Yeah, yeah. It's really taught me a few things too. But the same with you, Kate. I mean, I know you've done like so a number of different things with you. What got you into it? And like I say, if you've... If you haven't got a lot of resource to give, how did you find time for that? Yeah, I think, as I say, because I've volunteered so much in the past, I, I kind of was already sold on the benefits of it to an extent. So um, I went, when I was employed, um, I used to volunteer for Friends of the Earth in Manchester. 
um, and kind of help run campaigns and stuff for them. And so I'd done that already, and that had helped my that had helped with my my kind of career in, in sustainability as well. So so I kind of knew you know that was a nice way to meet people and everything else. So I was kind of already already sold on that. So I guess I was almost yeah sort of looking a bit like you. Like I, I I wouldn't say it was as formal as you. So I wasn't kind of sitting going right. Okay, I want a volunteering opportunity for whilst I'm doing freelancing. But I was certainly very open to to the idea. Um, and so I've done a few things um, since I've been freelance. So I think the first one was probably an organisation called the Third Sector Cafe. Um, so I got in touch with Sophie who uh, Sophie and Laura who run Third Sector Cafe um, through a job on People Per Hour so we've actually we've mentioned People Per Hour before you know these kind of job sites and, and, and the kind of advantages and disadvantages of using them but actually a really good opportunity came of this so so um, Sophie had, had got in touch to ask if I could do I think it was literally like a £10 job to help link her to domain name to a blog or something like that um, but I'd happened to mention on my profile on there that my background was in the voluntary sector um, and that I was really interested in working with charities and non-profits. So she said to me, oh, actually, would you be interested in coming along and doing a talk to people at one of our events? So they basically, they do monthly events around a particular subject area each month and then people from the charity sector in Sheffield come along and there's a chance for them to learn, but also to share their knowledge. Um, we, we always used to joke, they, they come along because they think to learn something, but what they actually, they, they need to learn something, but what they actually get from it is their own shared experience and getting to share their knowledge. They don't need the kind of expert in the room, they're the experts, but people yeah. think that they need an expert. So I went along and did a talk to this organization um, uh, about like websites and stuff. Um, and, and I just got such a it was such a nice experience meeting everybody and and I think I'd probably been out of the charity world for about six months maybe a year at that point um and it was so nice it really reminded me you know of of how 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 nice people are in that that sector um and it was so it was really lovely meeting all these people from different charities around Sheffield um and I just really liked what they did and, and their approach to it it was quite kind of no-nonsense stuff which I liked as well um, so in the end, I actually ended up um, volunteering with them. So I um, um, helped out with their website and also helped out with the actual events and was part of the organising team for a few years. And yeah, it was just it was just really nice. It was really it was it was something quite different to my day job, but it was still using a lot of my skills. Um, and it was it was nice to feel part of a team again yeah because I'd had you know like I don't like managing people but I like being part of a team and so it was nice being part of that team and, and kind of coming up with ideas together and and you know then seeing my ideas happen and and the difference it was making and everything like that so that was really nice and you know it was nice to have it was once a month the actual kind of physical event I had to get up quite early to get over to Sheffield in time, which is a challenge for me, yeah. especially if you've listened to our episode about routines and you know I am not a morning person. But it was really energising and that, that same exact thing like afterwards, it was really kind of like, oh yeah, that was so nice. I feel really like excited. And so from a, from a kind of just, yeah, just from a, you know, personal perspective, it was really good. But then it did have an, you know, an advantage for my business as well um, because my target audiences, freelancers and charities and non-profits and a lot of the people that I 
kind of interacted with at the event. You know, they were the same people that would come every week or every month rather. Um, and so I'd get to know people. So I did get work through it as well. So it was, you know, giving up my time for free, but I kind of see that as my marketing budget almost. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of how I see volunteering is my personal development and my marketing budget in one. It could be both of those, can't it? It can, it can definitely help. Particularly if you post those things on social media, then people will know a bit more about you as well. Yeah, exactly. They get to see a different side. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. And I think, you know, I don't, I don't think that there's many of us out there that would volunteer just to be seen to be doing the right thing. Because, I hope not. Yeah, because it's, you're not going to get those benefits from it if so but then but but then it is you know it does it makes you look good you know it looks it's it's that kind of it's the reason why corporations do csr and things i was gonna say it's like a csr on a freelancer yeah yes it can be good pr as well it can be good yeah and like i say you get to show different things to different people you mentioned being part of a team yeah i just like getting invited to christmas parties (laughs) i don't really have an office christmas party so we do freelance folk christmas and then i get invited to the charities christmas parties as well i volunteer with diversity role models doing work anti-bullying workshops in school they normally have some social things going on as well and yeah and then there's just other opportunities to get involved but like you say being part of that team with other people perhaps with people who are different to the people you see day to day yeah it can be quite a lonely world being a freelancer so some human contact outside of your client base is really really healthy which is really nice definitely and you mentioned mentoring that's something i've been involved with as well through the business growth hub so um i was um, a business growth hub mentor for a few years. Um, I've just I've just stepped down from doing it because I'm moving uh, away from Manchester. So, um, but that was yeah that was basically mentoring. That they have a program where if, where if you live within Greater Manchester, then and I'm sure there's a kind of equivalent across the UK, um, then you can get free mentoring as part if you're starting up a, a business um, and you kind of intend to grow. Um, but their version of growth is is that kind of annoying like taking on members of staff but they're kind of like if you think that at some point in the future you might want to employ somebody then you can like be on our on our track yeah um so basically you then get you you, you there's, they have a pool of of mentors and then you get matched with a mentee and then you will do a kind of set number of sessions normally about six sessions with that mentee so i've had a few mentees through that program as well and again that's been really interesting because i'm I'm like a problem solver at heart. I think if I had to distill my skills down to just one thing, it would be problem solving. Like, I don't like things to beat me. <laughs> I figure, I like to figure out ways around situations. That's how I've ended up doing internet stuff because I don't like computers to win. <laughs> so I'm like, I will beat you. I will figure out the solution. And I think I'm just normally willing to carry on for longer than other people and uh, chipping away to find a solution. And so actually what was really interesting with, with, the, with the kind of mentoring stuff was it allowed me to, to harness a different side of that kind of problem solving, creative thinking side of it as well. So it would be kind of coming up with alternative ways for them to look at different situations and like, okay, I've got this situation, how can I deal with it? Okay, well, let's look at some options and actually giving them a different perspective and everything. But again, you get stuff back, you know, I learned about things from them, from the mentees. Um, it gives you a different experience, doesn't it? Like yeah. sometimes people, and people who challenge your thinking as well because they're not the same industry. So, and then also you get to try things out and then work, learn very quickly what works and what doesn't. Exactly. The funny thing with the mentoring was that I, I definitely had imposter syndrome. You'd think maybe that would only occur if you were doing like paid 
work but actually it applied when I was doing that with the third sector cafe stuff I felt very confident the whole time but with the mentoring I was a bit like I I don't really I'd, I'd done some informal mentoring like you know within within my previous jobs like to other members of the team but I'd not ever done official kind of mentoring before and I was a bit like oh I'm not really qualified to do yeah. this I, sometimes the stakes feel higher I think yeah when you're working with something uh, because you know one how much it means to the organization if they don't have a lot of resources but also it can really impact people's lives normally I'm, I'm working with a business but actually with the mentoring you're working very much with with a person who's really trying to tackle some stuff in their life and yeah. that feels quite a responsibility exactly well. yeah exactly and like and I think I guess so I suppose one of the things that volunteering can be really useful for is if somebody, if, if you're wanting to improve your skills in a particular area where you wouldn't maybe have the opportunity to do it for, for free, then actually some, some you know, volunteer roles will actually give you training on how to do that. So yeah. we had training on mentoring before we actually got let loose on people. We did have some training um, and a chance to meet other mentors and everything and then kind of pick their brains. And so it was a really nice way of actually improving those skills without having to pay to learn how to do it. Yeah, you quite often they have access to, to other areas of expertise and you're encouraged to do your ongoing training as part of the charity or community yeah. organisation. But of course that can help you um, in your business as, as well. So you do, do, do develop those skills. And of course, again, you get to showcase skills that you might not be able to show elsewhere. And quite often, if you've got something that you want to test out or try, yeah. sometimes you can say, look, I'm not ready to launch this and charge people for it yet, but would you like to be my guinea pigs? And normally those organisations are, are really grateful for yeah, anything. If they're yeah. getting it for free, they'll take it. So. Yeah, there's actually another, that's actually an interesting point actually, because that's, it's, it's not really, like I, I've had that before with, you know, people say, oh, I'm launching a new course. Would you be up for like being a participant? You know, can I test out this workshop on you for free? And, and you can give me some feedback. And actually that is another form of volunteering really, isn't it? You know, that, that yeah. kind of offering up like yep I will help you kind of figure this out and I will learn something at the same time so everybody wins yeah and they should be a win-win ideally so and then of course you can do a case study and you can showcase it and it's great but the good thing about that is if you offer most people something for free they don't really value it but if you take an organization they they have skin in the game therefore they're more likely to take the free thing and turn it into a valuable experience for you yeah as well. so, so the organizations which are sort of set up to to manage volunteers are yeah gonna gonna appreciate you because they'll know what a valuable resource you're gonna be as opposed to a client who just kind of yeah wants something for free but doesn't really value it yeah so um, it's a good way to do it so it, it's been it, it should be a win-win all around really and of course when you do you don't always get that feedback with volunteering perhaps that you're doing a good job but uh, ideally it will come at some point and so it's really nice to know your skills are valued as well sometimes with when you charge people for services you're just delivering what they've paid for they are normally polite and they say thank you and say lovely things about you but at the same time when you're doing doing it on a voluntary basis the feedback that you get it does make you feel really proud yeah and, definitely and it's nice to know that you are valued and that you can make a difference and i think sometimes when you do get that feedback um it gives you a bit of a confidence boost as well so um yeah it's nice to nice to be needed i think yeah and, oh, yeah definitely and i think it's it's nice to have almost like a kind of change of scenery as well yeah like 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 for me again you know it was it was before when I worked when I volunteered for the third sector cafe um which isn't actually even a cafe it's just it's like a it's it's, it's a it's a pop-up kind of meeting um but when I when I volunteered for them um 
it was whilst I was, it was before I'd set up Freelance Folk and it was whilst I was still feeling a bit of that isolation and, and just was working from home most of the time. So again, it was like physically moving myself to a different environment as well was just really useful. Um, and like, yeah, like you say, meet, meeting new people. So I've still got friends, even though I'm not volunteering for them anymore, I've still got friends that I've met in that world that I then catch up with when I get to Sheffield and everything. So it's just, it is, yeah, it's really nice. And also I think it's just got me that, it's just got me like quite known in in the kind of community in Sheffield, you know, like that in the, in the kind of, if someone's kind of talking about websites or tech in Sheffield in terms of the voluntary sector, my name probably comes up. Yeah. And it's because of that volunteering that I've done. And you never know people know who those people know, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? exactly. People as well. So yeah, it can, it can take up your time and it can take up your energy, particularly when you're feeling like you may lack both of those things, but there's definitely a lot coming back the other way, I think. Yeah, exactly. And what, what's your opinion on like when, if somebody says to you like, oh, can I pick your brains about something over a cup of coffee or whatever? Can I buy you a cup of coffee and pick your brains about starting up a business or stuff? Would you normally do that if somebody asked you? Or? Yeah, almost always do it. I, yeah. I was given that advice before I went self-employed and I was told that people are generally quite quite generous with their time. Yeah. And how, if you, it's quite flattering. If you ask someone, how do I do this? They would normally help you. And yeah. I, I don't know if it's because I've worked in the corporate world, but I couldn't quite get my head around <laughs> why people... Why would anyone be nice? Well, no, just more like <laughs> they're busy, they have yeah, jobs. Yeah. Why would they Why would they do that? But they always do. And I always do, to be yeah. honest. Very, there's very, some people are a bit, bit weird about it. If you can tell, yeah. If, if most people can, can, if they, they will. You get a vibe if somebody's a bit time-wastery and not really serious, I think, sometimes. I mean, I'm not at the point... Like, I've, I've heard of the people who are you know, maybe a bit further down the road or, or kind of more successful in inverted commas, um, where they just, you know, the, the, the volume of requests that, that, that they get like that, if they said yes to all of them, it would be impossible. Um, but at the moment where I'm at, I, I, yeah, the number of people that kind of come and ask me for advice, I'm really happy to share, like either a quick call or, yeah, if they'll, I, I will be bribed with donuts. So, you yeah. know, if anyone wants, if anyone in Manchester wants, wants to sit down and pick my brains for half an hour, just buy me a donut and then it will all be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, most people are happy to do it. And it's a good way expanding your network as well. Yeah, so. exactly. And I think it's just that pay it forward thing. You know, those people that have given their time to me when I was setting up and now I'm paying it forward to people who are in that position now. And I think like with freelance folk as well, I think both of us, when we go along to the co-working sessions, there'll be people that come along and have questions and how to do it. And I think everybody there is quite generous with the time because they recognise that people in the past have been generous with their time to them. Exactly. So, it, yeah, and it's, it's not always about whether you're earning money from something. And I think that's one of the things that's coming across chatting to you and just reflecting on my own experiences is that it might feel like, oh, do I have time to volunteer or do I have time to give back as well as all the other stuff I've got to do? But one of the things that's coming through and the way that I see it, and it sounds like you do as well, it's not an activity that's additional to what you're doing. So it's not like, oh, I've got all this stuff to do. How do I squeeze this in as well? It's integral. So it, like you say, yeah, it's, it's part of... If you chalk it up as your personal development, as your marketing as you're networking, it, it doesn't have to be in place of doing work. It actually exactly done well, chosen well, it will enhance. And even if it is work. something that is for like say a different skill or something, like, you know, you you don't exist in a your 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 freelancing world doesn't exist in a vacuum. So if you're going and doing something, say I was, I don't know, um like I I, I really like surfing. So say I went and volunteered for like a surfers against sewage type organisation and went and did like beach cleans and stuff. Like 
that wouldn't seem to have anything to do with my business stuff. But actually, I'd get chatting to people and, you know, invariably they'd say, oh, what do you do? And I would talk about my business. And so it's, it's still another way of getting out and meeting people and and getting the word out about what you do and everything else. And it's, I think it goes back to like what you were saying about values. It's like, what, how do I want to be known? And, and like, does it represent my values? So for me, sustainability is really important. So that would reinforce that. Like, and I'm really, you know, I talk about that a lot. It's, you know, I, I want that to be a part of my business. I want a sustainable business, but sustainability from an environmental and economic and kind of society sense as well is really important. So then that would actually back up that side of my business because I'm not separated from my personal values that much with the business. The, the slight variation, my business values versus my personal values, that might be a good topic for a future episode, actually. Yeah, that's um, true. But yeah, I think it's just reinforces how you want to be seen if you're doing something that is true to you <laughs> so it gives, it gives people a whole whole rounded picture yeah. i'm just thinking i know a lot of a lot of companies are doing um social marketing or cause marketing these days aren't they when you like so tom's shoes if you buy a pair of those shoes you yeah, get a pair to charity yeah. Um, so you can do it for your products, but others like, oh, if 10% of all our sales go to a charity yeah, or whatever, yeah. or, or staff volunteering days and the like. So there is there is mileage in it for a business. And you know that's true. Big businesses are, uh, this is a whole business model. This yeah. is a whole marketing strategy. Oh, I should do something where like big businesses could buy a website for a small business or there something. There we go. So there we go. You can turn it into part of your business as well. So I think volunteering should be its own reward. It should give you the warm fuzzies, but it doesn't necessarily have to conflict with the the objectives that you have for so if your, you, your work as well so if you if you want to volunteer then how do you actually how do, how does someone do it so, so say if someone's like yep yeah, i'm sold michelle and katie i want to volunteer what yeah, next a lot of people have this feeling that oh i'd like to do something or i yeah. used to do something or i'd like to but i don't have time i think there's a few things that you need to consider first of all i said a lot of things either energize you or they energy drain you so um, I remember when I first volunteered for Albert Kennedy Trust, um, going to I, I'd agreed to go to a volunteers meeting at six o'clock, and I'd had a long in day. In the morning or in the evening? In the evening. Uh, I know that makes a difference. I, I was like literally <laughs> panicking for you there. <laughs> Even though no, I know you get up early. If it was 6 a.m., I would not have said <laughs> But it was six o'clock in the evening. I had a long day at work. I was stressed. I was tired. My head was banging. And I just walked over to this the, the, the office thinking, I do not need this. I've I, I, But then when I got there... I ended up speaking to other people who were really inspirational. They shared my values. They were they were passionate about what I was passionate about. And by the time I'd spent an hour or two talking to those guys, I was absolutely buzzing. When I got home, I was talking to my wife, and I wouldn't shut up. I was like, I'm going to met this person, this person, let's <laughs> call them. And I was, I'd gone from having zero energy or zest for life to being absolutely buzzing. And I think that's one of the things you want to consider. So I think there's four things. First of all, what do you enjoy? What you what makes you happy? What kind of things just really float your boat? I think the second thing is, as I was saying before, what skills do you do you want to use, or what skills do you want to share? Either ones that are or core, develop, I suppose, or develop. Well. Yes, yeah, so either ones that are core part of your business, or what are the ones that you would like to flex or like to grow. So think about what you enjoy, but also think about the skills that you have. I think the third thing is what are you passionate about, and you've really got to be passionate about it. If you volunteer and it feels like an obligation then you know some days are always harder than others but if you feel obliged it's it's not going to give give you what you want and then the final thing is yeah can you match that to what people need so who is out there 
who needs what you have to offer what problem exists in society that you could in your own little way help solve it and I think if you can do those four things what you enjoy what skills have you got what you're passionate about and what people need I think you've got the sweet spot and then that's something that's going to give to you as well as giving to others as well yeah and I think you know like for example we've probably talked about volunteering from perspective of going out and meeting people and doing a lot of face-to-face stuff because I think we're both we both have quite extrovert tendencies um even if we're not kind of full extrovert you know we do still I think both of us feel that we do need some time but I know like you yes. said before if you don't have human contact go you go a bit wrong yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm the same so we, we're, we're more extrovert so for us volunteering is about getting out and meeting people which meets that need for us if you're really introvert then going out and meeting people isn't going to be something which is going to energize you that much there's loads you can do from but home. there's so much you can do exactly so it's about matching your matching what you want to do to um to 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 the potential roles you know to the, to the kind of offering that you can have and the other thing i'd say is how much time can you realistically give i think it can sometimes be you know when you're really enthusiastic about a new project and like oh my god that sounds amazing yeah you can have like seven days a week from me but be realistic about the amount of time you've got available because whilst it will you know enrich your freelancing life you don't want it to actually be a detriment to the work that you're doing yeah so be be honest with yourself about how much time you're willing to give i would say but also how you do it as well so um i volunteer with diversity role models where we do the anti-bullying workshops and that is just they they put a shout out for people to spend the day or half a day with them and um so i maybe only do two or three days a year yeah whereas at kennedy trust i've committed to something which is maybe an hour or two a week yeah but then sometimes you could do projects or sometimes yeah. it could just be ad hoc so there's so different roles will require different, different yeah things. and some of them might just be right there's there's you know you you agree to do a few different tasks within the month but you can fit them in whenever it's yeah. convenient for you so if you're if you're feeling like actually I can't commit to a regular slot, then in terms of kind of putting together that almost you know not profile of the kind of volunteering you want to do, then you know you know if you know okay actually I can provide this support just as and when, then that might work better. So, um, using the third sets cafe example, there was the the physical kind of being there at the event, but then there was work to be done in between those events, but that could be done whenever. So there was only the kind of once a month. You know, three or four hours out of my day commitment so um so i think yeah the, the the time factor and just yeah be be realistic but also like don't don't most volunteer organizations will be really appreciative of you but don't let them take advantage of you either i would say yeah most of the most of the good ones don't really they're quite understanding. yeah i think there's a bit of i think it's a bit of both i think you need to make a commitment and actually put the time in the diary so commit to yeah if you're going to do it yeah, commit, commit to, to it. it yeah and i say work it into your plan but also know what you want out of it as well and just communicate that really well to the organization yeah. and if there are any like is it likely that uh you may have to scale things back or that there is a problem that you see just give them as much notice as, yeah. as, as you can so I think from a practical perspective, I would one of the things I would ask is, is the organisation that you're hoping to volunteer for, are they, have they got a process for volunteers already? Are they set up for volunteers? Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a deal breaker if they haven't got that set up. It just might be a bit more challenging and or hectic for you. So if they've managed volunteers and they have a set programme, there will be a way to make sure that you're kind of onboarded, so to speak, and 
they will understand how to manage volunteers and so it will probably be easier um, than if they haven't got that experience um, and you want to make sure that you're being used effectively as well so some places will take on volunteers and go yes great yeah we want your help and then you're like okay what can I do and they're like oh yeah we're not really sure and then they're kind of scrabbling around to find work for you that isn't very meaningful and isn't really what you're looking for so I'd always ask at the start you know have you got a clear process if they haven't if you're somebody that is quite process oriented maybe you could help them to set one up or yeah. at least you know even if you're not kind of super kind of if that's not something that really you know, sets your kind of world on fire at the very least you can kind of record what you've done and what's worked and what hasn't and feed that back to the organisation at the end yeah. to then help it for future volunteers as well. And you could also make a proposal about what you want to do. Exactly. So if you're offering to help yeah. their social media, for example, you could make a proposal and, and see what yeah. they think. Like you say, they, always, they know they need help. They don't exactly, yeah. I suppose in that case, if you're offering a skill that they just don't have at all, then you're the expert and you need to guide them a bit. And I think if you're giving away your time you know, for free, then you're, you're totally within your rights to set the parameters and say, like, no. And I think, you know, being quite firm if they're asking too much of you, being able to say no, and we've talked about saying no in a previous yes, podcast, so yeah. if you struggle with that, go back and have a listen. Um, the other thing I'd say is, you know, yes, you're giving your time for free, but do check if any of your costs are covered, because some places will cover, like, your travel costs, for example, or they might have a nominal kind of expenses cost or they might be able to give you something back in exchange for it so i've had some zipper time yeah yeah exactly yeah Yeah. so that's time in in zipper flat which is a kind of community co-working space not a new unit (laughs) yes yes it's nano time um so yeah if you're helping out there might be something that people are willing to give give back to you and if nothing else then they're probably quite willing to share about you know, to share the work that you do. Stories and stuff, and yeah. give you a case study and stuff like that. Um, and then I think the thing we mentioned towards the start of the podcast is, you know, you've, you've been volunteering there and it's been great, but th- there can come a time because, you know, you'll be evolving, they'll be evolving. There can come a time where it maybe stops being a joy or stops working out for you or just doesn't align with quite where your business is going anymore. So how, how can you stop volunteering so firstly how would michelle how would you know what would be the kind of signs to look for to feel like if, if it's not working for you anymore um, from a mindset kind of perspective i think that if it start, i mentioned obligation if it starts to feel like a chore or an obligation then maybe it's a time for a conversation to either change what you're doing or just to to take a step back do it less frequently perhaps but it definitely if it starts to feel like a, a chore and I would also say just a bit of reflection on whether the benefits outweigh the, the costs, if you like. So if you're giving your time and your energy, but you're not really getting back out what you wanted. And this is why I know quite, quite coachy terms, talk about your values, but I do think you, you need to know what are the things that are you looking to get out of it, whether it's that belonging, that teamwork, that sense of achievement, that, that stretching your skills. If you're reflecting on that and you're feeling like not enough of those are being met, uh, you're giving your time but you're not getting that sense then that's the time maybe to go back and say look I, I came here because I wanted to work with other people I'm feeling very isolated in the role at the moment or I came here to uh, practice this skill but I find myself doing activities that don't really do that I want it to work for both of us so I think they were the probably things that I would I would look out for yeah and I think it was really helpful I mean this was a couple of years ago when I probably first had some coaching sessions with you Michelle and actually, I think at the time I was doing, I was doing volunteering for the Third Sets Cafe. I was running freelance folk, 
I was doing the mentoring for the Business Growth Hub and I was also doing a voluntary role for women in rural enterprise, which was basically setting up a kind of network for women out in the countryside where I live in the Peak District. Um, and so I was doing four voluntary roles and I think I'd said to you like, I just feel like I've not got enough time to do this. And yeah. you're like, well, let's look at what you're doing at the moment. And then when you actually kind of put it down on paper and you go, oh, okay. So actually, if I want to achieve X, then I need to get rid of one of, you know, <laughs> Y, Z and, and then, you know. Yeah, and, because things change as well. I said, you know, I started volunteering with the Albert Kennedy Trust because I wanted to feel settled in Manchester. I wanted to feel part of the community. I wanted to get to know people. Well, obviously I did those within a year or two and now I feel very settled and I know people locally anyway. So my, so that those needs aren't really needs anymore. So it might have been the, the case that I would have stopped volunteering because it, I'd, I'd met all those goals, if you like. Yeah. I stay volunteering because it now still gives me so many other things. And actually when I went self-employed, what I got from it changed again. You know, the, yeah. di- different relationships. So things do change. And if, like you say, your circumstances, at, at some point, each of those things you were doing made perfect sense. Yeah. And then at some point, they stopped making sense. Yeah. And sometimes you don't know until you find yourself just whizzing along to something. Thinking, yeah. I haven't got time. I haven't got the energy. Why am I doing this? And actually, <laughs> that's a good point to sit back and go, right, is this still working? Is yeah, it? exactly. And whilst I've got everything going on with moving everything, I'm literally just doing freelance folk at the moment. But I think once I've moved, I'll probably find some local, you know, opportunities in Wales to then, yeah. A, again, like you were saying, I managed to establish myself within that community, but also just to kind of tick that box for myself as well. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's one of the ways you can do it. I think if you want to stop volunteering, just have an open, open and honest conversation with the charity. And Katie, you mentioned, do they have a process? Now, hopefully they have a process for onboarding, but what all good volunteering relationships should do, you should have regular conversations. So with mentoring, for example, well, well with diversity role models, it's a, it's a, it's a um, workshop by workshop basis. But with that Albert Kennedy Trust, we meet every few weeks and we say, is this mentoring relationship with the working are you still happy if I'm without a mentee I have a conversation with the coordinator that says are you interested in mentoring people still kind of just check that this is still the case yeah. you're still happy you've still got that availability yeah business and, growth hub do the same thing so we yeah. have that on a regular basis also if you find that you if you want to maybe take a step back or pare it down just give people a bit of advance notice exactly. if you know because I went to I did um, a project where I was working away for weeks on end and I just turned around to the charity and said look I've got this project, I really want to take it, I'm going to have to work away for a few weeks. Uh, Over this period, if this comes off, I'm not going to be able to commit on a weekly basis. I don't want to let anyone down. I've known people who volunteer as foster carers for the charity who have done it for years and they've just got stuff going on their own life and they just turn around and say, look, I can't take any... I know you're desperate, but I can't take anyone else right now. And and a good charity will uh, or community organisation will respect that. Yeah, they understand that people are giving up their time for free and that they have other things going on in their lives normally. And I totally echo what you say about giving them the notice and everything everything so like when I've sort of stepped back from doing some roles it's it's been it's been quite a gradual process most of the time um you know where where I've said right actually I'm going to stop coming to the physical event so with the cafe for example it was you know like yeah I'm just I'm struggling with every to fit everything else in so something's got to give um I'm going to stop coming to the physical events but I'm still help out behind the scenes and then once they and, and then I've and then I worked on yeah kind of making sure that they knew how to do the website and everything. And then once I kind of felt like I'd handed it over enough to them, I then felt like I could step away because they they had 
they didn't need my support as much anymore either. Yeah, that's, so that's sometimes it can be like a well. one-off project, you know, where you can kind of create a system and then leave knowing that you've helped to set that system up. So yeah. there's ways of doing it like that as well. Definitely. And if it's a particular role, they go, oh, but you haven't got anyone else or we can never find anyone else. Yeah. Just give them, like, look, you've got th- three months. Yeah. Put, put a word out now. And yeah. after this date, I won't disappear or hand over, but after this date, I can't yeah. do it anymore. And also like, I mean, we've kind of said this in the saying no episode, but it's, at the end of the day, it's not your responsibility. Like, it, so with Women in Royal Enterprise stuff, they couldn't find anyone else in the region to take over the group. But I was like, well, I'm not going to just keep running it when I'm like, well, hey, I'm moving. <laughs> so that was the main thing. But I was like, well, even if, even if I'd been staying, it probably, I only signed up to do it for a year. So I'm not going to do it for longer just because there's no one else that wants to do it. You know, yeah. it's, it's not my job to pick up that slack. And these are the challenges that organisations have to negotiate all the time. Yeah. So if they're in, they're in, you know, in that third sector, they're going to have to negotiate these things because they they come up from time to time. Exactly. And, and that's how it is. But you don't get any mileage out of flogging your volunteers. No, it just makes things worse. Exactly. Than Whereas people normally come back to volunteer again if yeah. they looked after really well. So I think um, it's doing everyone a favour. And also, I always think this thing, sometimes people volunteer for free, therefore they expect the the world to really appreciate them. Go, well, I'm doing it for free, so you should be grateful. And I think there's a kind of a two-way thing. If you if you commit to, to volunteer, then you've really got to commit, not just in terms of your time, but also, I think, uh, on, a, on a personal level as well. And you've got to be committed to it, and you've got to appreciate your volunteering there to help them provide a yeah, service. Yeah, you've got to do it for the right reasons. They're not there for your benefit. So you can't get, I'm going to use the word arsey, you can't get arsey with them going, I give my time for free. Why can't they, you know, mm. treat me better? I think sometimes people think when they give their time for free, they want the world back. <laughs> yeah. Or that, that the world wants to thank them. And it's like, you can't go with that attitude. You've got to go with the charity's aims and objectives in mind if it's a charity or organisation. So... Um, that's where you've got to kind of think of things from their point of view when you're thinking of stepping back or scaling down. How can you how can you be honest and fair uh, for both parties? I think. Yeah, definitely. So I think it'd be really interesting to hear how other freelancers are actually, you know, how how they're volunteering. So if you guys have done any volunteering, I'd really it'd be really interesting to see the kind of diversity that that we see. You know, yeah, I know loads of people. And I, I, I'm telling, I mean, well. I, think, I know there's some people that listen that I know volunteer. Um, they do, yeah. Like, and, and so it's be really, yeah, it'd be really interesting to, to hear what everyone does because I think it'll be really. I, I've got, it'd be interesting to have a little kind of almost a little a little map of, of all the different things that people yeah. do outside of the I'm interested world. to hear the organisations that people do as well because, like they say, we speak to quite a few freelancers who do volunteer with various organisations and, and like they say, quite often they're not directly related to what you no. know, the people do for a living as well. So it's always lovely to hear how, their stories of how they got into it and, and why they like it, yeah. which is always good. Exactly. So do share that with us. We'd, we'd love, to, love to know and it's a good opportunity to plug both yourself and the organisation. Exactly, as well. yeah. We'll retweet anyone that tags in the organisations and everything as well. Um, and of course, as usual, if you've got any suggestions for any problems that you would like us to tackle in future episodes, then get in touch with us. At some point, we might actually set up some kind of tr- social media profile for this podcast. But uh, for now, um, you can tag me, Katie, at at the wheel exists. And I'm Dive Deep Dep, D-I-V-E-P at the end, Dive Deep Dep, uh, on Twitter and Facebook as well. And we will see you next time for another episode of 99 Problems, But a Boss Ain't One. <laughs>